there's a real choice that you make when you're making images, you know. Um, you cho- you choose the story. I think that's the interesting part. Mm. And I think there is sort of often a little bit of a misconception that photography is reality and that's it. But it's very much not, you know, it's what you choose to capture. So, you know, by doing this with designers work, you know, I have a conversation with them about what are we trying to say? Welcome to the Explore Home podcast, where we navigate design trends with industry leaders and insiders, interior designers and influencers who inspire the way we design furniture. I'm your host, Neil McKenzie, Vice President of Marketing at Universal Furniture. We hope your summer's off to a great start, and to help make your shopping experience a little easier with us this summer, we recently added in-stock availability information to the website, along with the ability to identify items that are going to be back in stock soon. So be sure to check those out, as we likely have a number of things that can help with some of your immediate needs. Speaking of needs, imagery, and telling your story. Today's guest, Amy Bartlam, is an interior photographer who specializes in working with interior designers to make their projects come to life in print and online. We recently had the chance to work with Amy on a few projects, and she offers some tremendous insight in this discussion on why you should make the investment in professional images and how it can help your brand and your ability to tell a story. Amy has a wicked cool accent and is currently residing in LA. She was named uh, to the top 50 AD approved photographers for your next interior shoot, so she's a big deal. She has projects featured in Lux, Good Housekeeping, Rue, Martha Stewart Living, The LA Times, California Homes, LA Home Mag, Lonnie, Vogue, and the list goes on and on. Um, I hope you enjoy my discussion with Amy. Um, Her information will be at the end and in the show notes, and I definitely recommend you give her a follow. So thanks again for listening. Well, Amy, welcome to the Explore Home podcast. Uh, appreciate you taking some time to join us and looking forward to chatting. Thanks for having me, Neil. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I know we'll talk a little bit about some of the work we've recently done, but um, can you share a little bit about your background? Uh, just kind of introduce our audience to who you are uh, and kind of what drew you into a career in photography? Of course, yeah. So, you know, I kind of have a bit of a, a typical intro to that I had a very creative upbringing my parents are both super creative my mum had a real passion for art and drawing and my sister and I were always encouraged to be very creative making things and they would take us to galleries and my dad actually had a real passion for photography and you know the house we grew up in he managed to like change the box room into a dark room and I spent a lot of my childhood on the floor of the dark room sort of like watching him create and have these like really like vivid memories of like the smell of the chemicals in there and just being in awe of the magic of seeing things develop. Um, And so kind of, it was always, it was just always there. And then my dad would let me use my cameras for the, his cameras, sorry, for my art projects at school. Um, And it's kind of just always been part of my early life. And then I sort of naturally wanted to go into an artistic career and was still sort of unsure for quite a while about which discipline I wanted to do. Um, You know, I was very lucky that my parents were just kind of like, do what you want. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually ended up studying graphic design and photography at university. And I really thought I was going to follow the graphics route because that is what my sister did. And I was kind of like really impressionable and just, I'd always really looked up to my sister and kind of saw that as what a, a good career was. But I found that I was trying really hard at the graphic stuff and getting mediocre grades. 
and was sort of not putting as much effort into the photography stuff and getting good grades. And so it kind of transpired quite quickly that that was maybe what I was naturally better at. And I ended up just majoring in that for the final two years of my degree. And it kind of just sort of happened that way, you know? Yeah. And, and I think for folks that are listening, they probably recognize that you do have an accent as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. This was all in England. Yeah. I grew up in so England. You grew up, grew up in England. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you, you finish university, uh, you end up kind of focusing on this as a career. You feel like, Hey, I can actually do this for a living. Mm. Um, when did that kind of happen? And then how did that transcend itself into all of a sudden the focus of working with interior designers right it was um you know I really lucked out when I left university and I got introduced to a wedding photographer and I started working for her straight out of college and that was an incredible baptism of fire to the photography world in terms of the business of photography and what it actually meant to do that in the real world um and she you know she was amazing and still is still working in the same industry Um, and I had a good couple of years with her of just learning so much but weddings never really struck a chord with me um you know I was young and it was all summer long all weekends really stressful long days and um yeah it just never really resonated and so I branched off and did a bit of assisting with a few fashion photographers and a few portrait photographers and that wasn't really doing it for me either. And, you know, I was, I was doing my own stuff at the same time. I was shooting bands and actors' headshots and I think at one point purses. It was, you know, a real, <laughs> a real mishmash of stuff. Um, but I sort of realised that I needed to find a, a lane. And something that I'd always enjoyed about the weddings was shooting the spaces. So it was always my job to go in and shoot the rooms and the details and I really loved that and um, it sort of rekindled a passion for interior design that I had had when I was younger I'd actually in my early teens really wanted to be an interior designer um, and I used to you know get my mum to take me to Home Depot equivalent in England and get wallpaper samples and make mood boards and would do drawings <laughs> and things and you know they were terrible I hope they're not in existence <laughs> still but, um, but you know uh, but, you know, I, I had a friend, it was a friend of my sister's was studying interior design at university. And she had said to me, Amy, it's really hard and I'm having a really difficult time with it. And just that tiny thing put me off doing it as a career. And I oh, just, just ditched that interior design thought altogether. So, you know, when I when I came to trying to find my way in photography, I thought maybe I can maybe I can work with designers, maybe this is a thing, you know, I didn't know that you could just do that really at that point, but had a friend who was an interior designer and I asked her if I could shoot her work and get a portfolio together. And she said, yes. And that's 11 years ago. And I've pretty much specialized in interiors ever since then. Yeah. That's cool. Now what it, and so I, I know we kind of talked about this in our um, five hour car journey up the East coast, but um, <laughs> um in terms of all right now having access to these amazing projects and usually i think when when you work with an interior designer you're coming in at the tail end you know the project is complete you're seeing it in in 
you know, it's kind of proper light, if you will, un- unlived in uh, so yes. far. But what is it that you appreciate about kind of design and maybe interiors and, and maybe not necessarily them going together? Maybe it's two different kind of the way you think about it might be two separate things. Uh, but just from what's your take on that? Yeah, I think that's really interesting that you've highlighted it in that way, because I do feel like it is two separate things. So on the one hand, I love interior design. So I love the sort of artistry of that and the the skill it takes to make not only a beautiful interior, but a functional interior as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously all the sort of, you know, the color and form and texture and how people make that work cohesively fascinates me. Um, but also on the other hand, I love getting to see how other people live. So it's a really privileged position to be going into people's homes. And, you know, a lot of the people, especially here in LA, these are people that I would never interact with in normal life. Right. So I get these little glimpses, you know, and I'm not even talking like, you know, rich and famous, but just just a different walk of life in so many regards. Um, And it's really fascinating. I think you can learn so much about people by going into their homes you know it's where people you know are really comfortable so it's it's great fun and um you know from like on the design side because I know we had this conversation in the car like you know there's certain things that are just um you know you could see it could be something like uh, a car or a phone or you know that has different design kind of um integrity if you will that you kind of can see something and it just looks you know, wow, that's really cool. Is that something that just based on your background in art and what have you, like, I'm, I'm assuming it plays a role in, in how you see these things kind of come together? Yeah, I think so. It's sort of um, a, a general visual appreciation of things, yeah. sort of, um, yeah, like it's, it's very much like how my brain is trained from all this time spent in doing creative things and those different aspects of creative things. Mm-hmm. Um you know, it's very much, I work in a visual language. It's, uh, yeah, it, it, it can be a little bit frustrating. I think we were talking about it. Like I have a bit of a hard time reading magazines sometimes because I just see it as photos and like an analytical yeah. brain. It's like, try and turn that off sometimes. Well, and I think in, in large part, obviously, you know, um, you know, sometimes I think image, imagery by itself it says something without words, right? It tells a story. So designers are working with you to help them, you know, tell their story of this project. And I I think there's a lot of layers to that, I'm assuming. Uh, But, Mm -hmm. you know, how does, from your standpoint, you know, how, what impact does imagery have in a designer telling their story or just in storytelling in general? Mm, I think, um, there's a real uh, there's a real choice that you make when you're making images. You know, um, you cho- you choose the story. I think that's the interesting part. Mm. And I think there is sort of often a little bit of a misconception that photography is reality and that's it. But it's very much not. You know, it's what you choose to capture. So, you know, by doing this with designers' work, you know, I have a conversation with them about what are we trying to say? Are we are we trying to talk about how this home is indoor outdoor living and is it family friendly is it for entertaining like what are we what are we really focusing on and you know we always do a walkthrough and have a conversation about each space and things they liked things they didn't like about how it turned out and yeah. cr- sort of c- create a story 
from there but there is definitely this choice that you can make with photography about about what you really want to say about a project yeah and you're in control of that obviously i mean from you know from whosever perspective it is i mean you can really decide as to is it is it moody is it light is it you know all all those little things yeah and it Um, might be different to what it really is in how the homeowner maybe lives in it they the designer can choose to sort of slightly rework it for how they want to show it to other people which is interesting and and we'll we'll come back to that i think from a social perspective here um Mm. from your perspective and i think this might be you know you might be biased i probably am too but you know how should and should a designer be documenting kind of their project work you know with professional photography should they should should you make the investment in hiring somebody, maybe not for every project you do, but the differences between bringing in a professional like yourself versus I'm going to, you know, I'm a, you know, acting photographer sometimes, or I have a great new phone (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. you know, I can add a filter and do stuff like that. But, you know, what is it that somebody like yourself kind of brings to that project that, you know, somebody that just, has a great phone, you know, can't necessarily achieve. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's definitely a a recent thing as well. Like everybody having access to really good phones is made a real difference. Um, and I think, um, importantly, what you, what you said there is like, do you shoot every project? I mean, I really don't think you do. And, or you certainly don't need professional photography for every project. Um, because it is an investment, um, not only of a financial, but of your time as well. Um, right. And I think, I think being selective about what you shoot is really important. I think designers thinking about what sort of repeat work they want, you know, they may have done a great job on something in a traditional style, but they don't really want to do any more traditional work. So they might not shoot it. Um, so I think there's that, but I think the difference between shooting it professionally and shooting it on your phone is just, there's just this subtle elevation, I think, of your brand. It's, you know, as a designer, all you really have is the images of your projects to show what you've done. I mean, you can show mood boards and renderings and you can tell people till you're blue in the face, but if you don't have images of your work, people aren't going to buy into you. So I think it really it really comes down to branding when you hire a professional photographer and what that person will do is take your work and see it in this sort of very clean two-dimensional way because it's so different to the three-dimensional experience you know translating something into two dimensions and just I think even just something that I think that I personally bring is like fresh eyes so you know a lot of these projects are sometimes years long and designers are so close to it it's so personal they they live and breathe it for all this time and then I come in in this sort of strange role at the end like you say like when everything's polished and finished but it kind of helps in terms of capturing it because I see it as this final thing Mm -hmm. and not things that went wrong and not things that were different to what they originally chose and it sort of means that I can kind of translate it for them perhaps in a more removed way than they're able to do yeah, I think I well, I think that's interesting too, because I think a lot of times I think um I'm assuming, like you said, it doesn't have to be something that was just 
just finished. It could also date back. Um, what about, you know, sometimes I think everyone, everyone has a brand that they're representing, you know, their own personal brand and there's a, an aesthetic maybe to their brand. Do you feel like when you come in, you probably also have kind of a, you have a personal, you know, brand or, you know, a, a focus maybe that you, uh, will hone in on, but do you feel like you're then also able to, okay, we, as part of your brand and you want things to look bright and light, or I want things that look more natural and moody and, and obviously kind of having that conversation with the designer early on. Um, cause that's a big part, I think in the story that's going to be told, um, is that, is that one of those kind of big conversations that you have prior to even being on set with somebody to actually begin? Is it one of those things that happens early? And does it, you know, does it open yourself up to working with more or less people, you know, based on how you kind of want to tell that story, I guess, or, or maybe it doesn't. Yeah, no, I think that's, um, I think that's a really interesting question because that is certainly something that comes up more than it used to. Mm -hmm. So there has definitely been, um, you know, trend wise, a, a leaning towards a moodier look. Mm -hmm. um, and it is definitely a conversation that I have on the day of because it dictates how I shoot. Um, I, I always like to ask because I kind of I don't think every every photographer works this way, but I don't really show up with a I shoot this way and that's it. Right. I kind of uh, I'm flexible to the needs of my client and I'm there to represent their brand I mean I always say that it's my job to show the design in the best way possible and I want you to see the interior when you look at the photo I don't want you to see the photograph so I I don't think the photography should be obvious if that makes sense yeah, yeah. it should be like and if the photography is good then you see the interior first and the fact that it's a good photo second so that's what I'm always trying to do and yeah, there is always a conversation about this light sort of situation because I do have clients that prefer sort of a moodier, more natural, kind of shadowy look. Mm -hmm. And I do have clients that really want that bright California-esque feel. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, if I was to default to anything, it would be something more neutral because I try and sort of not be too trend-driven because I want my images to be timeless. But if a client does prefer one or the other, then that's how we will shoot. And sometimes there's a little bit yeah. of tweaking in the edit to make sure that's right. But um, yeah, and like a, it, I work with a lot of clients consistently, you know, over over years. So there's also a, a consistency to their brand that we get to work on over time. So right. there is sort of this development of a look that is a partnership, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. No, I think that makes sense. And that, and that probably makes things a lot easier obviously too is that you begin that relationship and then yeah okay there's a consistency there's something that ties it together and you kind of know what each of you want out of the yeah. project yeah yeah totally um, you both know what you're going into mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what about social so social media obviously it's uh it's it's here right <laughs> um it's here to stay neil <laughs> yeah it's here to stay um instagram Pinterest, I'd say obviously the two most visually, uh, you know, focused of, of the mediums that maybe the design world kind of plays in, uh, Instagram kind of always changing, uh, slightly, but, but nonetheless still extremely visual when you are working with your clients, do you go in and kind of have a defined, okay, we are shooting this for Instagram or we are shooting this for Instagram 
and an opportunity possibly with work that they are pitching to get published. Um, do you guys kind of define those two objectives when you go in to, to start a project? And, and maybe why is that important to what you're going to be doing? Or, or is it? It, it definitely is important. Um, and again, something that's been fairly recent and certainly for me in my time specializing in interiors, Instagram has become more and more and more and more important. And so there was a time where, you know, people would prefer a horizontal image because that was the best for web, but then it became quickly quite apparent that verticals performed much better on Instagram. Right. And that became something that I was asked for and that I would ask about, and I still do now. So at the beginning of every shoot, we talk about, well, do you want a mixture? I have some clients who only want me to shoot verticals because all they want is to use it for social. And, you know, that, that is good for editorial as well because it lends itself to a page quite mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. um, generally, it will still be a mix. Um, but yeah, there, there is, like you say, also sometimes stylistically a difference between what you're shooting for so we maybe shoot sort of slightly more lifestyle-y for Instagram you know a little bit more a lived-in look a bit more layered um, and then maybe we'll do something a bit cleaner for the editorial stuff um, but yeah you're definitely shooting with these different places in mind now it's not just what's best for the space it's how are these going to be used as well and there is talk of um the ratio is changing again. I don't know if you've heard about this. Yeah. And I'm, I'm quite fearful. <laughs> yeah. I, I, um, every day, uh, recently it feels like every day there's something that's changing. <laughs> so, um, um, with regard to the platform and, you know, uh, obviously, uh, video, which, uh, is, is a major shift, I think, uh, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if it overtakes the still approach or if it's just a, a fine, balance. I really hope it doesn't. Live. I know, I know. Right. I know. Uh, I'm kind of with you there. It's, uh, it's a lot <laughs> to keep up with. And I think obviously producing a video, um, I, I think you can do things that are kind of fun and off the cuff, obviously that, that have a place sure. on the platform that totally makes sense in terms of, you know, sharing a little bit about who you are, maybe how you work, but in terms of kind of that thing that sucks you in, um, I don't know. I don't know if video can always replace that I think it can support it but I don't know if it can replace it so yeah I think specifically sort of our world of interiors is is naturally more of a stills medium but it yeah we'll see we will see um yes it's uh it's yeah and the ratio thing is another thing that that's to your point it's like okay does that mean you're going back and editing and then yeah yeah well this Do is the thing that I sorry oh go ahead oh go ahead well, I was just going to say that's a thing that I have to think about now because the vertical ratio is three by four, whereas cameras are two by three. So I have right. to shoot with the guides, as you've seen. Yes. I have to shoot with the guides to make sure that it will fit for Instagram. Properly, yes. Yeah. Do, do you ever afterwards, like, do you get feedback from clients in terms of performance of imagery on social? That's that's an interesting question. Yes, I do sometimes. Only the <laughs> good, right? Only the good. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely this. Well, this image didn't do very well. So I guess we need to figure out why. But yeah. the thing is, it's, you know, it, we're all at the mercy of whoever's meta. running Instagram. So, meta. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Meta. So <laughs> right. there is no, I, I'm very cautious to 
to presume anything from how something performs because I, th- I think it's it, it's all over the place. It's never it's I never agree. what you think yeah. it's going to be. Um, right. And I think there is a bit of a danger of reading too much into it. Uh, but, you know, it's really important to a lot of people's business models. So I get yeah, it. No, it's a, it can. I, yeah. And it's a it's a huge part of, I think, how you are found. Um, but I do think there's so many things that kind of go into whether something performed or didn't perform. I mean, there could be. Don't prejudge, maybe test a few things first. So. Exactly. Um, in terms of you've you've gotten to work on, obviously, a lot of different types of projects um, and with a number of different designers, you know, what are some of the things, what are your favorite projects and, and maybe why, uh, you know, what stands out about them that makes them, you know, kind of fun, uh, but also, you know, just from the creative standpoint, really satisfying in terms of the work. Mm, yeah. So I'll, I'll be diplomatic. Otherwise okay. I'll get into trouble with a lot of my clients. <laughs> so I'll keep it recent. How about that? There you go. Um, what, something I just shot was I just did the cover for the summer issue of Rue. And that was such a joy because, you know, I, Rue and I have an in, an, a relationship spanning many years and Kelly and I are so close. It's, it was being able to finally actually do a shoot together was just so rewarding, you know, and I've seen them take this leap into print in recent years and they've done it so successfully and to get to see them do that so well and then be a part of it myself is just so rewarding um so definitely that's up there um I've had the joy of working with Universal Furniture recently right yes yes <laughs> we, um we we kind of hit all the high notes so we, we started in uh Beaufort South Carolina um on a home projects that we worked on with Southern Living Magazine and it was your first trip to uh Georgia and South Carolina um yes and North Carolina so we kind of hit the southeast a little bit and then um Amy worked with us. Uh, we worked together on um, the Aaron Valencia shoot, uh, which we just accomplished um, uh, early in May, and um, and that was a huge undertaking. And I got to have Aaron there for a few days, and um, I think we're uh, just really thrilled with how it all kind of came together. And and you know, and so much of I think on those kinds of projects, particularly ones where we're introducing projects and going to you know, kind of make it come to life to tell our story. Obviously our team, um, you know, Kayla and, and team, they, you know, finding the right location and mm-hmm. how does that factor into the furniture and, um, you know, telling the story and supporting what we're trying to do is ultimately help support, you know, all the different customers uh, that we have, but also so people can learn about it and want to buy it. <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah, and it is. It's like you have a week to go shoot all these things for web, for catalog, for Instagram, for this, for that. And uh, it could be, uh, it's a big undertaking for sure. But um, no, we were really pleased with how how that all turned out. So, Yeah, um, I mean, that was just extremely rewarding for me. I mean, there's something obviously inherently different about working on that type of shoot. Yes. As opposed to a home. But you get this sort of like a little bit of extra freedom with what we were doing, where we mm-hmm. sort of, are able to control all of the elements and really take our time with it, um, which is a really enjoyable thing for me to have that little bit of extra control over the process, you know, sort of normally I go into a house and it kind of is what it is to a degree. Whereas we were sort of able to reconfigure lots of things. And 
I think another thing about that that makes that sort of shoot so rewarding is when you guys put together that catalogue, seeing that in print for me is just such a joy because it's in my hands, you know, it's. Yeah. Visceral. So I was going to ask, I was going to ask you about that. Just, you know, whether it be, yeah, work that we do or, uh, you know, designer projects that you work on, seeing something get published. We often talk to designers and there's that sense of, and even for us, I mean, when we see work from a PR standpoint, make it into, you know, something that you physically tactile have that relationship with, you know, what does that feel like for you? Is it something that you take, it sounds like you take great pride in kind of seeing it come together. It makes it feel quote unquote real, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You're totally right. It's, um, you know, there's this funny world we live in now with digital photography. You know, I mean, I learned on film. I'm probably yeah, one of the and last that's generations. Huge, well, I was going to say, and that that too is a huge difference. I mean, film, it's it, it's very rare you see anyone shoot with film anymore for a, a variety of reasons, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, totally. Um, it's a different animal, really. I mean, it really is. Completely. You know, when I, I so we learned on film at, at uni and we we learned digitally as well but but on film and my first job with the wedding photographer we shot film like it was my job to watch the film which no pressure at a wedding looking after the film um so I think there's something (laughs) about the the current way where you you know you shoot digitally it goes on your computer and then it goes on into the ether Instagram online and you never actually see it in the flesh and so there's this thing about seeing something in print that I get as much of a thrill out of it now as I did the first time 10 years ago. It's, it, it, it's a real, like, it's, it's sort of like seeing the process all the way through. It's kind of like the end yeah. goal. I mean, I guess it just, it isn't that way anymore, but it still feels like, yeah, you've seen it to fruition. Like it's, it's a real thrill. I mean, even just seeing my little name in the margin sometimes it's just, it's enough, yeah. you know, it's, it's a joy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah, it's funny. My daughter just went on a field trip and uh, they couldn't take any technology with them. So uh, they got oh. to take, um, you know, Insta cameras where, you know, you, you roll it and shoot it. And yes. she was, this is, you know, she's 11. So she's just like, she's like, how do you take the first question? How do you take a selfie with one of these things? <laughs> um, and, miss a um, lot of the time. <laughs> and then we, uh, we dropped it off to get processed and they said, you know, this will take seven days. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> Um, uh, you know, everybody's used to waiting for lots of things now, but she was looking at me and she's like, why does anybody do this? Well, they don't, oh. sadly. I'm like, I don't, yeah, you know, I, I guess if you had a phone, that would have changed, but anyway. Um, I mean, I love that for her though. That's a great experience. Oh, I think it's a cool experience. Yeah. To kind of like, you know, she said, you know, the noise of people rolling, that's the one thing everyone was quiet in a lot of the places they went, but just that noise. So that is one of my favorite sounds is the sound of film being turned on. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, what kind of, uh, upcoming projects that you're kind of excited about, Amy, that you have kind of, uh, and, and maybe how often are you going into, you know, how often, like, are you shooting, you know, in a typical month? Yeah, I am the, you know, these days, the, I generally do full days you know they're not they're not generally on the smaller side anymore so if mm-hmm. I'm doing full day shooting or sometimes a couple of days and I'll try and only do a couple of days a week um, okay. I mean mostly because the edit takes so long well that's what so can you talk through that process real quick because I don't think people understand that you you don't just obviously I think people do understand what editing means but the 
the complexity and and that too is a whole different skill, but one that is maybe even it's as crucial to what you see in terms of having oh. those worlds come to come together. But yeah, yeah, I mean, um, I would say with interiors, it's even the more important part. Um, it's just so different to shooting other types of uh, subject matter. You know, um, mm-hmm. the way without being too boring and technical, like the way that we shoot. You know, sometimes I'll shoot five shots to make up one image and then I'll have to you know patch those together and it can take you know an hour two hours on one image um but even just the very basics of getting it from a camera to a computer is a process and then getting it into a readable format so even when people sort of say oh these don't need much editing it's like well maybe they don't but uh, there's a real process of getting it from you know your software that's the whole, uh, that's where Instagram has made us all editors of our imagery. We just had a filter, Amy. <laughs> it was very true. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think people are always surprised to learn that it takes longer to edit than it does to shoot. Right, you know? exactly. Yeah, it's, and, and yeah, the detail and the, the art that is required to make sure that it looks, yeah, it can be, yeah. Yeah, yeah, people ask me if I, um, sell filters or use filters sometimes and I'm like there is there is just no way I could put one filter on every image and have it behave the same way it just uh right right sadly for me isn't a possibility but yeah it's a real that could be a business model for you down the road though (laughs) yeah maybe I got to work on inventing that save myself a bit of time yeah yeah Um, it's a lot of hours at the at the computer you know it's a lot of a lot of screen time. And that, and that's a back and forth too. I know, you know, with, I know, you know, different things that we work on with folks, it's like, you know, there is, it's, it's, it's up to interpretation sometimes. Uh, sometimes yeah. it's obvious, obviously, but you know, sometimes it can be very s- subtle little things that, you know, to make sure it is again, reflecting, I think the look that you're going after the story that you're mm-hmm. trying to tell uh, certain little details are, you know, refined, um, yeah. you know, just so that it looks at a certain level. And yeah, I think that can be, it's certainly the most, to your point, time consuming of, of the process for sure. Absolutely. Do you enjoy that part of the process as much as shooting? Um, I enjoy the end result. So I find it extremely rewarding when an edit is done. Yep. It's to me being able to take something from those raw files into something complete, finished, polished, usable, editorial ready that is really really rewarding but the actual process I hate to say it I do not enjoy it's um (laughs) it's it's monotonous you know I I listen to a lot of podcasts and it's um a lot of it's a lot of sitting you know I it's um yeah lengthy (laughs) um all right. Now, uh, these are just a few, a few last questions. And, uh, and, and again, we appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. So, um, uh, see, I think the last season of Peaky Blinders is coming out on Netflix. <laughs> in June. So, uh, any, so you're from Birmingham, uh, um, yep. So this is where they shot it, uh, where it takes place and what have you, obviously much further back, um, from your time in Birmingham, but, um, a little, uh, yeah, it's just uh, like maybe a hundred years. Um, but yeah. um, <laughs> uh, excited about the last season? A little sad? Well, you're going to be crushed to know I'm not up to date. Oh my um, god! So the trouble is, 
<laughs> I watched season one, but um, un unfortunately they don't use many Brummies, people from Birmingham, and the accents are really quite poor to, <laughs> to the native ear. Interesting. Ah, <clears throat> so okay. um, I think it was, uh, I can't remember which character it was, but it was one that just sounded really Liverpudlian that I was really cringing. And uh, my partner was like, it's fine. It's like, you're not from there. You do, you can't hear it the same way I can. <laughs> but I but I love the show. It's just, yeah, maybe we'll revisit um, Okay. now that there's a finite amount as well. Yes. Well, they only, you know, wait three years between each season. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, all right. Last question for you, Amy. And I think um, I'm curious just from your perspective, because you've lived uh, a few different places, but in, and, and you get to visit a lot of them. But what does home mean to you? It's mm, a good question. Um, you know, it's complicated because, like you say, I grew up in England, but now I call California home. But, um, you know, it's, it didn't take long for my home here in America to feel like home. <clears throat> excuse me, but going back to England still feels like home. So I have this kind of duality between the two. Um, and I think that's because home to me is where the people you love are. So, you know, my family are still in England, so that's still home to me, but mm -hmm. here is too. And I think really it's, it's where those people are. It's where you feel comfortable. And I think it's where you can go and open the fridge without asking for permission. There you go. I like that. Um, Amy, if folks want to get in touch with you or learn more about uh, your work or, or how to possibly maybe work with you, what is the best way for them to connect with you? Is it on the Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the DM situation is out of control. So maybe maybe send me an email. It's uh, You can go to my website, which is amybartlam.com, but you can drop me a note on Instagram as well. I'll find it one day. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Amy, um, thank you for making time uh, for us and uh, enjoyed uh, always talking with you and, uh, and seeing you this time as well. So uh, yeah, thanks again and uh, look forward to uh, the next project. Thanks, Neil. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for spending some time with us today. I've been your host, Neil McKenzie from Universal Furniture. Please don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and follow us on Instagram at Universal Furniture.